The Warriors' five-game winning streak has finally come to an end. But we've got reinforcements on the way with both Andrew Wiggins and Andre Iguodala expected to make their return to the lineup tonight against the Orlando Magic. What's up, guys? This is the We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, Sports Ethos presentation. Sam Orlick here, your host. Got a bunch of things to talk about. Warriors, obviously, coming off of a nail-biter of a defeat to the Detroit Pistons. We'll talk about that in some more detail. Um, As we mentioned at the start of the show, Warriors had been 5-0 on this home stretch without Curry and without Wiggins, without Wiseman, missing Jonathan Kaminga, missing Jermichael Green, just missing key rotational players and obviously Curry and Wiggins in the starting lineup. Just lots of gaps to fill, lots of holes to plug, but everyone stepping up to the moment. Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Draymond Green, Kavon Looney, obviously leading the charge. Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb have been instrumental coming off the bench. Jordan Poole, you know, continuing to play as the primary point guard, facilitator, shot creator, combo guard type role. Um, a lot of good things, um, some bad things, but ultimately you're pretty happy with the Warriors record and their performance thus far in this home stretch. Again, five and one in their last six. Um, right now that puts them at ninth in the Western Conference with a record of 20 and 19. There's five other teams right now who are currently playing at the same pace five and one in their last six but again when you think about for the warriors no kaminga no wiseman no wiggins no curry no iguodala and no jamichael green that is a lot of production a lot of athleticism a lot of size and especially when you look at some of the previous opponents the warriors have gone up against um the utah jazz and Detroit Pistons, most notably, we saw um, the Warriors really struggle to contain those kind of athletic bigs like John Collins for the Atlanta Hawks, um, Walker Kessler or Kelly Olynyk, um, Laurie Markadin for the Utah Jazz. So, you know, I think obviously, you know, would have been great to keep that, you know, win streak at six games. You had, you know, a really tough match. Honestly, all of these home games have been incredibly tough matches that have really come down to fourth quarter execution down the stretch play, regardless of how, you know, who was ahead or behind throughout the game. The Warriors got back to that quintessential style that we have kind of come to expect from them really during this during this um, ch- this championship runs. And that's, you know, making winning plays when it matters most down the stretch. And the biggest contributor to that is typically Draymond Green. And Draymond has simply been phenomenal in this stretch. His defense has been outstanding, coming up with big plays, um, finding ways to get his teammates open. And, you know, it was very unfortunate that he ended up getting ejected towards the end of the game um, against Detroit. I was not really happy with the way that the officiating um, played out in that situation. It just it just kind of seemed like the officials were baited, right? It just didn't really seem like 
a necessary double technical type of situation um, in a highly contested, highly competitive type game. And Steve Kerr had comments more or less the same um, quoted after the game. Do we have to call a double technical and eject a guy because two guys in a competitive league in the most competitive basketball game on earth? Oh my, who knew they were going to get a little upset with each other? So, you know, I think you'll take it five and one again with all the pieces missing and you know certainly could have been zero and six with the way that that how close all of these games were so let's just go through these quickly um charlotte hornets it was 110 to 105 uh utah jazz 112 to 107 portland trailblazers 118 to 112 atlanta hawks and the double ot thriller with the kavan looney game-winning shot 143-141 and then the Detroit Pistons buzzer beater three-pointer 119 to 122. Basically all six of those games within five points and uh, three of them or two of them within three points. So just real real nail biters Uh, but these are the situations the Warriors thrive in at least historically but not this season and so it was great to see them take care of business and going back to the game in Charlotte I think it really started with Jonathan Kaminga and, you know, facing a team a little bit more, you know, kind of background and and scope here, right? The Warriors start off the season with that putrid road trip where they went 0-5, and and it all started with that loss in Charlotte. And so you go back and think to, here you've got Charlotte at home, it's a close game, it's feeling like very similar vibes of the game in Charlotte. Um... And you have Jonathan Kaminga just rip the ball away from PJ Washington and and go get a bucket. And then the next play down, the play is seemingly dead. Kaminga's got the ball with five or six seconds left, and he takes it to the short corner and hits a and hits a tough contested floater. So I really felt like that was the swing of momentum for the Warriors that got everyone locked in like we can make winning plays down the stretch we can execute when it matters most and guys started to kind of understand that nobody's going to do it for you you don't have curry out there on the floor to go to go score 40 sure you've got clay thompson and jordan Poole and and draymond green but this is a team game everyone needs to contribute and you have to find that fire that energy um that desire to want to win more than the other team and that's where we started to see that um, you know, and unfortunately it was big, you know, big loss missing Kaminga in these last few games, but I really felt like that was kind of the catalyst that the rest of the team got on board with, um, you know, and you had the game against the Portland Trailblazers where DiVincenzo hits the ginormous three, um, and again against the Atlanta Hawks, right, to send that game into OT, so just so many big shots, so many big plays being made by guys up and down the roster. You've got Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb playing out of their minds. Um, Ty Jerome has just been simply spectacular, right? And just doing all of the little things, you know, playing like one of the premier backup point guards in the NBA. You look at some of his stat lines during um, this recent stretch of games, going back to the um, game in Char- the game in Charlotte, he only played... Uh, 20 minutes and had five points, but against Utah, 17 points on seven to 14 shooting. Um, Detroit, he had 18 points on seven of 11 shooting, but just 
a very high IQ guy who doesn't turn the ball over a lot, who shoots very efficiently. He's able to step back and hit the three. He's good from the foul line. He can find his teammates. He gets the Warriors organized and under control and situated. Um, Just very, very, very underrated guy who's not even on a guaranteed contract, right? This is a guy that's on a two-way deal. Um, And then same thing with Anthony Lamb. Lamb has been stepping up really the whole season, um, but even more so without Jermichael Green and Jonathan Kaminga, he's really been, and Andrew Wiggins, he's really been filling in at both the three and the four. Lamb, uh, double figures in three out of the last six games. Um, Four, actually, going back to the game in Memphis. Uh, Back-to-back 17-point games against Detroit and Atlanta. Um, Shooting... You know, his three-point shot has kind of come and gone a little bit, but what's been more impressive is him being willing to put the ball on the floor and take it to the rim, to rebound, to defend, to defend without fouling, um, get to the free throw line, knock down your free throws. So, you know, it just really shows the shrewdness of this Warriors front office who's strapped for cash being, you know, one of the most expensive teams in the league and having all of these young players like Ryan Rawlings, like Patrick Baldwin Jr., uh, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, James Wiseman, guys who, you know, have this perceived ceiling of, you know, being very productive NBA players, but aren't quite there yet. And so Lamb and Ty Jerome have stepped in to really fill in the gaps to be those um, end of the bench role players, you know, at the at kind of eight and nine, and and have been thrust up the depth chart with with all the injuries and all of the uh, the issues with with health and availability of the Warriors um, core guys. So speaking of Patrick Baldwin Jr., he has been playing well in his own right. Um, also benefiting from Jonathan Kaminga missing the last few games. He's stepped in on a few nights very and just done very well in limited minutes, um, looking very comfortable and confident shooting from three, a uh, couple good drives to the hoop, not really making a lot of mistakes or doing too much. Um, not necessarily, you know, he's not elite defensively, but he's also not um, just getting steamrolled to the basket. So I think that's been very promising. Patrick Baldwin Jr. stepping up into that role, and you can see how... There could be games in the future where situationally, you know, having a guy who's got his size and length being able to step onto the floor and just rail open threes, rebound a little bit, bang, bang a little bit, maybe take it to the hoop, um, how valuable that will be. And especially when um, he gets a little bit more reps and experience, the game slows down for him a little bit. You just can tell this guy is going to be a big part of the future for the Golden State Warriors um, with a guy of his size being able to shoot threes and shoot threes with a high degree of accuracy. I mean, the shot just looks so pure. So really happy to see him step up, um, which kind of segues me into the next thing that I want to talk about on this pod, which is kind of what what's changed for the Warriors, right? Obviously, being at home versus on the road, right, which we've documented how bad the Warriors have been on the road versus how good they've been at home. Um, But I think it's a little bit more than that. And I think what we're seeing is, and I talked about this a little bit earlier, um, without Steph Curry, without Andrew Wiggins, 
guys are realizing that they need to step up, right? Nobody's going to, nobody else is there to do it. You don't have, you know, Jordan Poole's going off for 30, you know, Clay Thompson's kind of, you know, flip-flopping between good and bad nights, shooting the ball. Um, you're not just going to be able to hang your hat on those two guys to go to go score 70 and take care of the game for you. And so guys are realizing that they have to step up, whether that's on the defensive end, whether that's going after a rebound, whether that's coming up with a big offensive board, um, stepping in and hitting a wide open three in the closing moments of the game, whatever it is, right? You need to come into the game and be prepared to contribute because nobody else is going to do it for you. And it sounds like a relatively simple and straightforward thing, but um, it's clearly not. And this was a lot of what the Warriors experienced last season as well, right? Missing Clay Thompson from the get-go, Jordan Poole was thrust into this role where he really thrived and played so well. Um, then you get Clay Thompson back and you're without Draymond Green. So there was all this opportunity for Jonathan Kaminga to get experience. Um, then, you know, you get Draymond Green back and Steph Curry goes down. So you've got Poole, Poole and Thompson in the starting lineup. Um, so everyone in the regular season had to kind of fill in the gaps. And then when you finally make it to the postseason, you get Steph Curry back. And then the team's just rolling because you have everybody get that experience, get that opportunity, learn how to contribute when you're missing one of your key, you know, kind of key high usage guys. And then when everyone's back and healthy, you just have so much depth because people understand how to play even um, once everyone's healthy because they had their their time and opportunity to kind of figure it out earlier in the season. And so I feel like with the departure of basically half the roster last season, Damian Lee, uh, Bielitsa, Otto Porter Jr., GP2, um, Juan Toscano-Anderson, um, you basically just had to go through all of that again because you you bring in new guys and you've still got young young players in, in Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody. And so we're really going through the growing pains of figuring out what it means to play with the chip on our shoulder, to be down key guys, to go into games feeling like, you know, we're the underdogs. And guys have stepped up to that challenge and they've embraced that mentality. And so now when you look at where the Warriors are at, again, ninth in the West, but the West is so tight, right? You win just a few games and you can very quickly find yourself in the top six. Um, Steph Curry set to return uh, January 13th without, you know, short of any any setbacks Wiggins and Iguodala, you know, Iguodala finally to make his season debut tonight, Andrew Wiggins being probable tonight. Um, quick note on Wiggins. This is the longest absence of games in his career. Um, having missed the previous 15 games, he'd never missed more than 11 games total in any, in any previous season. So, you know, poor Andrew Wiggins again, he had the abductor strain that kept him out for a little bit. And then he had, just some viral flu illness that he could not kick for a few weeks. So really great to see him finally get over that and get back. Will be really nice to have him back on the floor, playing tough nose defense, knocking down open threes, attacking the rim, rebounding. Um, but you just get a feeling like things are starting to turn the corner for this Warriors team. And I think, you know, again, the biggest thing is one the role players stepping up into Draymond Green. Draymond Green really returning to that role, that type of player who can 
impact the game at the highest level. Those plays where the other team seems like they have a breakaway layup and Green hustle backs, hustles back and knocks it out of bounds. Or there's a there's a pass to the uh, the strong side corner for a wide open three and Draymond chases them down and blocks it out of bounds. Um, those big rebounds that he's just able to come up with, right? Just those winning plays that you need to make in order to take care of games, right? Everyone's good. All teams have potential to win. All teams are very talented. That's why these guys are in the NBA. Um, You know, some teams are at different stages of their careers than others as far as the age of their players and their maturity and where the, the direction of the franchise, so on and so forth. But on any given night, any team can win. And it's not easy to beat opponents, whether you're at home or on the road. And you need to make winning plays down the stretch of games if you want to be successful in this league. And and even more so if you want to, um, if you have championship aspirations. And so, you know, for the Warriors this season, it has not come easy. It's been very difficult. There's been a lot of games that we've, um, that we've left by the wayside because we just simply weren't able to execute when it mattered most. A lot of games that were thrown away in the last minutes or even seconds. So this has all been really good experience and you just are starting to see a change in demeanor, um, a change in attitude of recognition for a lot of these guys. And you start to see this roster that was constructed by Bob Myers. And now that the coaching staff has had this time to kind of tinker with lineups and, and find rotations, um, that, that are more successful, you're just really seeing everything kind of come together. And so, um, you know, it's been the defense, right? And in the last six games, the Warriors are fourth in defensive rating. Um, in offensive rating, they're still 21st, even though they're putting up 120 points per game, which is sixth in the league. So it's certainly not the offense, it's the defense. Um, and that's always been Steve Kerr's calling card. That's always been, you know, what he's preached to to fans, to the league, to his team. Defense wins championships. And that's what we've been seeing in this uh, five-in-one stretch at home in the last six games that the Warriors have decided to start playing defense again, defend without fouling, uh, secure defensive rebounds, don't allow wide-open threes. Um, And we're seeing the results of that, right? It's been a lot of games where it's been like we're down nine at the start of the fourth quarter, like against Portland, and we pull out a win, right? And it's because of hard-nosed defense. It's not that... Clay Thompson went off for 70. It's not that we outscored them, you know, 50 to 30 in the quarter. It's that we held them defensively and did just enough offensively with the pieces that we have to take care of it. So um, that's been really great. Uh, really great to see the defense start to reach, you know, the levels that we've come to expect it to. And again, it, it's Draymond Green. That's that's the one that really gets a lot of the credit here. Um. You know, I want to talk a little bit about Jordan Poole. Poole has been so good, um, but certainly also having some issues with turnovers, um, having some issues with shot selection and efficiency, and just really being asked to do a lot with Steph Curry out of the lineup and Andrew Wiggins. But I feel like Poole has really shown a lot of growth and maturity in his game compared to the start of the season where he basically seemed like he was unplayable uh, without, you know, being on the floor with Steph Curry. 
now he's got the ball in his hands. He's putting up 20 points. Um, you know, I think the turnovers are just a function of him trying to learn and improvise and figure out what can I get away with? Um, what types of moves do I need to make in certain situations and, and trying to keep defenses honest by not um, being transparent as to what moves he's going to make or how he's going to get his buckets. But he is consistently finding ways to blow by his guys and get to the rim, even when his three when his three point shot is just really suffering. I think the last that I checked, he was around mid to high 20s um, in three point percentage so far. So, you know, for a guy who's struggling with his outside shot or his three being able to get to the rim, to get fouled, to get to the free throw line, to still consistently put up 20 points um, with five or six dimes, and just being asked to do so much to shoulder so much of the load. I mean, Clay Thompson isn't the type of guy that you're going to pass him the ball and he's going to go get a bucket in isolation. Clay's going to be more of a catch and shoot play finisher. And so it's really been Jordan Poole who's been asked to do most of the playmaking to have the ball in his hands. And I mean, you've got DiVincenzo out there with him who's helping out there as well, but it's really Poole who's, uh, who's got the ball in his hands and making plays. And I think that, you know, there's been a lot of late game turnovers by Jordan Poole, but I think that this is the time to do that. This is the time to make those mistakes, to figure it out, to learn from them before you make it to the playoffs in the postseason, deep into the postseason where you just can't do that and, and still try and win games. So, I think it's good that he's getting that out of his system now and figuring it out for himself. Um, Steve Kerr and Clay Thompson, both in his corner um, after the Detroit loss. Uh, Clay Thompson talked to Jordan Poole post game about the late turnover. Uh, I told him there's a reason I threw him the ball. He's a clutch player. That was Clay Thompson after the game. Uh, Steve Kerr also said he's also been hitting huge shot for us. He hit two jumpers down the stretch. So, you know, it's like you can't just in a vacuum say, well, Poole turned the ball over at the end of the game against Detroit and he cost us the game because how many shots did Poole hit before that um, that even made it a game for us late? So, yeah, I think that there's definitely a lot more growth and development for Poole to do. He can certainly grow more defensively. He be- He can become more efficient. Is it frustrating to see him turn the ball over, especially something like you just trip over yourself and throw the ball away? Yes, 100%. But I'm not watching those plays and feeling like, man, what are we doing with Jordan Poole? Um, I feel like he has such a high ceiling and the fact that he's willing to continue to risk, you know, he's in the spotlight and he continues to put himself in dangerous situations. He continues to toe the line between playing under control and out of control and playing with this speed and intensity without having a ton of help around him on the floor. Um, I think these are all very positive signs for Warriors fans and really shows how much ceiling and how much potential he has and how important of a player he is for the Warriors. So we've got the Orlando Magic tonight at 5.30 and then the Phoenix Suns on Tuesday at 7.00. And then the Warriors are back on the road for a five-game road trip. Uh, Friday, January 13th at San Antonio. That's expected to be the game that Steph Curry returns to. At Chicago, at Washington, at Boston, at Cleveland after that. So, you know, 
let's uh, take care of these two remaining games at home. That that match against Phoenix is certainly going to be a big one. Um, you know, Orlando, a team that we lost to on the road at the start of the season, be great to get some revenge and take care of business there. Um, and then let's see what the team can do on the road here, because, you know, quite honestly, they've been very depressing and disappointing and underwhelming on the road. And, and it'd be great to see them have all of this momentum and energy and get reinforcements back and go on a, you know, two, three, four game win streak on the road and really start to build some confidence there that this isn't just going to be the trend for the rest of the season where we can't win on the road, but we're dominant at home. So that's all I got for you guys today. Once again, this has been a We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, sports ethos presentation. Please give me a follow over at Twitter if you haven't already. That's at ST Orlick. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Let's go Dub Nation taking on the Orlando Magic tonight. And we'll catch you on the next one.